0: Today is a special day because we have one of our overseers. Uh, so those of you that have just joined us online, those that are uh, watching on the app live, those that are on Facebook, and those especially over at the jail campus, you guys, you men, ladies, you're part of our church family. We want to welcome you guys in. Come on, church. Welcome them all in. This is a special day because our uh, our overseer, one of our overseers, Pastor Rob Yannock, is in the house, and uh, I, I, yeah. so I want you to do this for me. Will you stand? Will you welcome our friend, our overseer, our whatever? He, he's everything. He is Rob Yannock. Good morning. Before you're seated, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, life is going to get better. All right, you may be seated. Why do I get a feeling some of you didn't believe that? Huh? Well, I hope over the next two and a half hours that I can reconvince you that your life is going to get better. I want to talk to you today, and I've come for one purpose, and that is to simply inspire you, give you hope, and hopefully challenge you. I know you're taking notes, and I'm glad you are, uh, because, you know, you, you be, it's better to have a pen than a short memory. Okay? Uh, be a note taker. Uh, why? Because you can always go back. And, and look at what you've written and challenge yourself. I journal every day. I write things down every day. Of course, I'm at the point in my life, I have to write things down. If I don't write things down, this 50-year-old brain may forget it, you know. So I, I have something in my car where I can write with. I have something at my desk. I carry something with me. I have my iPhone always, my note taker, my iPhone. And I want you to do that today because what I want done today is not for you just to listen to this and go, oh, that was good, and then you forget about it by the time you get out into the parking lot. So I want to do some homework today. I want want you to actually try to apply four simple points to this message today. I'm going to talk to you today about this, how to make the rest of your life the best of your life. And you may be looking at me right now going, my life's not where I want it to be right now I'm not in a good season have you been there before? I have season of confusion seasons of disappointment seasons of frustration seasons of anger anybody ever been mad at God? anybody ever been mad at their spouse? yeah don't raise your hand anybody's kids ever drive you crazy? right? come on So, there's sometimes we get into seasons that it's not the season we want to be in. I want you to realize don't panic if things are not going your way today. It's okay. God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's already wrote the script for your life. He's not panicking if everything's not going your way right now. You don't need to be. And so what I want to tell you, if you're in a tough season, it's okay. You just need to chill out. Look at your neighbor and say, for Pete's sakes, would you chill out? All right. Here's what I found out too. I turned 50 May 4th. I'm I'm finding out that life is meant to be an adventure. Life is meant to be enjoyed. You are called to live a good life, and it's okay. I know sometimes religion has painted the picture. You know what? To be holy is to be miserable. You can't act like you're happy in the earth because you're only supposed to be happy in heaven. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you one thing? Here's a revelation for you. That's dumb. Jesus came to give us life, and life more abundantly. That's what he's come to do for us. And that's not in the sweet by and by. That's not going to happen just when you die. I'm in the marketplace. I work in the marketplace around the funeral industry. I am around death every day, all day. How about that for some fun work? Helping people plan their funerals. I preach funerals. I counsel people and try to comfort them at the... When they've had family members that have died. And how many know, you're, you're, you be around death long enough, man, it could get to you. You know, because some people just want to ignore it. They don't think they're ever going to die, but they just want to ignore it. But you can't. It's, I'm faced with it every day of my life. And since I'm 50, I'm really faced with it. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm halfway there. You know, I'd love to live to 100. So if I live to 100, I'm halfway there. But here's what I found out about this. The question should not be for any of us of what it's going to be like when we die or how we are going to die. The bottom line is, here's some good news, you're going to die. How about that for encouragement and inspiration? But for the other good news is to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and the journey continues. You what was it, Peter Pan? said, oh, to die is such a big adventure. It really is. But you know what? While I'm here on this earth, I'm going to live, baby. I am going to live, like Frank Sinatra, the prophet, said. I'm going to live till I die. I'm going to laugh instead of cry. And when my number's up, I'm going to fill my cup. I'm going to live, live, live until I die. Right? So I'm around the death all the time The question is not how are you going to die? My question to you today is how are you going to live? But if you're going to live you're going to have to begin to make some profound changes in your life and changes are not always made by inspiration sometimes it's desperation Sometimes we get so desperate in our life. We have to make these changes, but I've come to find out that the sad thing of people today is they just settle. They settle for what is, what is. Well, this is how I was raised. This is where I live. This is what they've done, how I've done. It's always going to be the same. Nothing's ever going to change. That's a lie. And if you think that way, it's your own fault. Come on, somebody. You don't have to live your life in regret. Let's look at our text, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 in the Amplified Version. Simply says this, for we are his workmanship, his own master work, his work of art. We're, We're God's poetry. We are God's work of art. And that's pretty extraordinary, okay? He goes, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared For us beforehand taking the paths which he set. So that we would walk in them living the good life. How about that? He's saying to you and I today, right now. You are meant and designed and created and made to live the good life. And you don't have to apologize to anybody. You don't even have to feel guilty. Here's here's our problem. We have been programmed in life to live with the limitations that other people have set for us. It's not even our limits. we're, We're listening to somebody else that says, oh, you can't do that. You can't go there. You can't experience that. You can't have that in your life. And the problem is that we believe other people's limited beliefs. I want us today to break through that madness. I want us to break through that mess. I am not bound by somebody's ignorant, stupid, limited belief system. Just because they think that way doesn't mean I have to think that way. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, he's got us right there now. Right? Go and break through these things. So he said, listen, living the good life, which he prearranged. So God has already wrote the script. He's already pre-arranged your life. So if the good life, however you define it, but it doesn't include it doesn't include misery. It may include disappointments at times and diversions and disagreements and hurt and pain it may include those but those are things that happen in our life not to hold us back but actually to propel us into something greater than what we already are experiencing they're never called to paralyze us and the problem is when we experience these things in our life, they do paralyze us, but they're not called to paralyze us. They're called to propel us and to move us forward in the different areas of your life. Listen, if you get fired from your job, you can mourn that job for a moment, but go, oh my, God must have something bigger and better for me. I'm not supposed to be here. It may be it took a firing. To get under my bottom, so I could get moving forward in my life. But the problem is, some po- somebody may get fired at times, and I can re- ask right now who's been fired before, and probably everybody's here had lost some kind of job. But some people just stay in that misery. Oh, I got I, I got fired. Well, you know what? No, 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 no. You got fired because now you can get better, and you can look for options, and maybe you can start doing what you want to do. Hello, somebody. That's free. I won't charge that today. Okay, so, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and He made ready for us. I don't think you and I have to settle for how things are in our life. I don't think we have to settle for how things are in our relationships. I really don't think you and I have to settle for how things are in our finances. And in our families. Don't settle. If you settle, this is your wake up call. You're ready for this? You Yes, you do deserve better. You do deserve to experience the best life. A better life. Something better than what you are experiencing now. And I want to tell you and take the load off your mind and your heart that... It's okay to feel that way. And God wants it because that's what he has intended. Somebody say amen. Amen. So one of the other things that I've learned about being around the death industry, one of the things I've learned about life is the way it puts everything into perspective for us. So when you go to a funeral of a friend or a loved one or whatever, and you're sitting there and you're hearing the same old sermon... I preach, listen, I preach funerals for non-church people every pretty much couple times a month in Columbus. And I preach this message. I preach this message at funerals because I'm not there to talk about a dead person. I'm there to talk about the people and their life, not about death. I'm here to talk to you about your life. And I'm telling you, your life can be different starting today. Things can shift and change in your life. But what it does, it puts everything into perspective for us. And we leave a funeral thinking, I need to start putting time and effort into what really matters in my life. And then, in what it does, because some of us get all bent out of shape for the most stupidest things in life that doesn't matter. We love our cars. We love our vehicles. Don't you dare scratch it. Oh my God, a scratch. What? We'll yell at our kids because they spilt milk. Really? How dumb is that? That you and I would get angry because we spilt something. But yet it happens every day. You know what? Here's real. Good, you want know an easy thing to do? Don't get mad. Just clean it up. It ain't going to kill you. But yet we're so bent out of shape, we're so on the edge, that we've taken life completely out of perspective. When my twenty-four-year-old son Christian, when he was um, eighteen, sorry, nineteen, he was on his way to Ohio State for class, and he was in a he was in a car accident that totaled my car, not his car, my Toyota Avalon XLS, freaking loaded. And here's the other thing, paid off. And he calls at 7.20 in the morning. I look at my phone and it's my son calling. He would never call like that. And I hear panic in his voice and then he's crying. He said, dad, I've been in a wreck. That car that I liked and it was paid off and I enjoyed driving and it looked cool. Did not mean nothing to me. I don't I didn't ask I didn't care about the vehicle. All I wanted to know is son, are you okay? Dad, I wrecked the car. Son, I don't care about the stupid car. Those things can be replaced. They're, it just, it doesn't matter. Are you okay? Puts life into perspective and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Number 1, here's what you got to realize. If you're going to make the rest of your life the best of your life, You're going to have to realize that every moment, every moment of every day is a gift from God. You're alive. Somebody did not wake up this morning. Somebody took their last breath. And they're not going to get to eat pizza today, or a steak, or a hog egg. I had hog eggs last night, y'all. I never had ho- hog eggs. I liked hog eggs. Come on, New Philly people. I never knew what that was. And I don't ever say no. I, I, I've gone in and out of China numerous times. And there's this street in Beijing, uh, which would be similar to food trucks here in the U.S. And, and there's all kinds of food. And I said, okay, we're going to walk down and I'm going to try Something I've never tried before. And so I ate snake. And I ate ostrich. And I ate um, those things that crawl on the ground and bite you and uh, uh, scorpions. And I, I, I had pigeon. And I, you just name it. And I'm going, my son going, Dad, you're crazy. I'm like, why not? And it's seasoned good and it tastes like chicken. <laughs> but here's the something you can never take away from me unless you tried it. I tried it. I did it. Why not? Realize that every day of every moment is a gift from God. David said in Psalms 90 verse 12, Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Spend. Spend. You put allocate spent with money. Purchasing, buying. You know what it tells me about time and tells me about life? It's valuable. It's worth something. I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to enjoy it. Paul tells us to redeem it. Redeem the time. It simply means this. Redeem means to use it. Use it. Listen. It's also fleeting. Life is fleeting. Really simple means it's moving quick for those of us who are older. you remember when you were younger and it took forever to get through summer you know you know you were in school and you like, "Oh my God, when is summer vacation coming you know, and then you know then you couldn't wait till Christmas, man, it takes like forever to get to Christmas, and then when you got through Christmases and all of a sudden, yeah when I'm fourteen I can't wait till i'm sixteen because I'm gonna get my driver 's license and it th- and it takes forever. It seemed like it was forever. And then you're, when you're 16, you're like, man, I can't wait to get 18 and get on, you know, graduate from high school. And then when you get 18, you're like, man, I can't wait to be 21, right? And go to college, get out on my own. And then when you get our age, you're like, man, I wish I'd go back and have mom and dad pay for everything, do everything. <laughs> you know, Right. Because the next thing you know, I told my kids. My son, uh, Grayson, graduated from high school this year. He's going to Otterbein University on a full scholarship to play lacrosse. And I said, son, these are the greatest days of your life. I was telling the twins, Emily and Evan, you guys are going to be sophomores. This is the greatest days of your life. And and Emily's like, no, I just hate school and and all this stuff. And I'm like, listen, before you know it, you're going to be where I'm at. And you're going to look at your life. You're going to be 50 years old. And you're going to have your family. And you're going to be going, I remember when my dad said. So I said, enjoy where you're at. Enjoy your age. Enjoy what you're doing. Live life. Don't hurry up life. Because life will hurry up itself. Because now, it's like, oh my goodness. I'm that. I don't feel that. I'm 50. And it's like, oh my. Oh my, Trisha and I celebrated 30 years on July 1st. I'm like, I've been married 30 years? I mean, I've been married. I said, you know, you and I have been married longer than we lived at home. Think about that for a second. No, it is crazy. Life is fleeting. Psalms 39. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. How fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you and at best. Each of us is but a breath. In this life, we've been given a precious gift called time. Dictionary has two and a half columns defining it. The encyclopedia has 14 pages describing this gift called time. The the first moment you breathe, you, you are given this gift called life and this gift called time. And Paul simply says, okay, if that's the case... Redeem it, use it, 18 times a minute you breathe, 25,920 times a day, you get to breathe, you are given it a gift, free of charge. That breath you just took, that you didn't even realize you just took, that you don't ever think about that you've taken, that, my friend, is a gift from the Creator, And I'm saying, then the rest of my life is going to be the best of my life. James 4, 4 said it like this. You do not know what will happen tomorrow. Your life is like a mist. You can see it for a short time. But then it goes away. One day, you're going to wake up and it's going to be your last day. And there's not going to be any more time to do the things you've always wanted to do. It's going to happen. It's going to be, one of these days is going to be our last day. So you know what I'm going to tell you right now? If, it, if it's going to be, the, if you're going to make the rest of your life the best of your life, do the stuff now. Enjoy your life now. Life's too short to be unhappy, my friend. And happiness is never a destination It is always a journey. So we got to learn to enjoy the journey. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Can I tell you the greatest enemy of your life is not death. But I believe the greatest enemy of our lives is a life unlived. And so many people are alive and breathing, but they're not living. And I want to encourage you and challenge you to live. Marcus Aurelius said it like this. When you arise in the morning, think of what a precious privilege it is to be alive to breathe to think to enjoy and to love i thought i think i I read where gandhi gandhi once said this that i woke up this morning and i had two gifts and they were my eyes and i was able to see through them life is a gift you may be extroverted like me or you may be introverted like my wife it doesn't matter you are meant to To live and feel things deeply. You're meant to laugh. God gave us lips to smile with. He gave us a laugh. We all got kind of different laughs. Sometimes we can laugh at other people's laughs because it's funny. All right. But also he gave us tear ducts to cry with. And it's okay to be emotional and show emotions. It's okay. You're called to live and be passionate about life. So remember, every day is a gift. From God. Number two, while you're alive, don't be a know it all, be a learn it all. Pursue wisdom, pursue education, pursue knowledge. Learn to grow. Learn to grow. Because here it is wisdom and learning is the beginning place for all knowledge, for health, for wealth, for spirituality, for relationships. It all starts with wisdom. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Always be pursuing wisdom. Proverbs 4, 5 through 8 says, Get skillful and get godly wisdom. Get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Do not forget and do not turn back from the words of my mouth. Forsake not wisdom and she will keep. Isn't that funny they call wisdom a her? And all the women say, Thank you, Rob." You're welcome. All right. She will keep, defend, and protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is to get wisdom, skillful and godly wisdom, for skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you have gotten, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, interpretation. Prize wisdom highly and exalt her, and she will exalt and promote you. She will bring you to honor when you embrace her. Benjamin Franklin said it like this. We were all born ignorant, but one must work hard to remain stupid. Just because you graduated from school doesn't mean the tests are over. The learning is over. For things to change, you have to change. For things to get better, you have to get better. For things to improve, you've got to improve. For Listen, for you to grow... For things to grow in your life, you have to grow. Proverbs 1.5 said it like this. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Don't be a know-it-all. Be a learned-it-all. Refuse to bankrupt your brain. Refuse to bankrupt your brain. Always be learning. Warren Buffett once said it like this. The most important investment that you can make Is in yourself. What are you doing to grow yourself? You may not be a reader. Well guess what. There's a thing called audible. Or books on CD. You know. And you can listen. I want to challenge you today. Because the greatest value in this life. Is not what you get. It's what you become. It's what you learn. It's what you experience. And when you improve your life. Listen, you, you, if you improve your life, you improve yourself. If you improve yourself, you improve your life. You know, we have these things in America. Some people say, well, Rob, I, 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 I love books. And my kids are constantly going, Dad, you, another book? Really? Like when the Amazon package comes in, I'm like, it's Christmas. It is Christmas in July when the Amazon boxes are on my front door. You know what I mean? It's revival. It's revival. I'm excited, I know what's in it, and I just can't wait to tear it open, right? I, I, have a, I have a vast library. I enjoy reading. I also enjoy listening to it. So I've got an Audible account now. And so I'm constantly listening to podcasts, listening to, to books on Audible. And I'm constantly reading. And every time I do that, I learn something. And every time I learn something, I grow. And every time I grow, something else in my life grows. My income can grow. My wisdom can grow. Things can get better in my life if I pursue Wisdom. I'd rather spend $20 on a book. Somebody's going, hey, you mean you actually spend money on, like that much money on books? Yeah, you go to Walmart and spend 100 bucks on crap and don't even think nothing of it. Oh, I feel conviction in the house. Do you feel it? I feel it. Should we repent? I've spent an obscene amount of money in my lifetime on cds and books and seminars and conferences and pastor jimmy you have two and pastor josh has two and 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 i don't apologize to it and i I've, for one program i bought a cd program it was four hundred and ninety five dollars for the program i've gone to a seminar where it cost a thousand dollars and somebody's like that's stupid why would why would you do that for was it worth it and then they'll go with the smart electronic well was it worth it you know what I was worth it because I think I'm valuable, and so I'm going to invest in me. And you know why? God wants you to invest in you. I'd rather spend $20 on a book, okay, than bags of chips and hamburgers, all right? And I can learn one thing from a guy's biography that he made a bunch of mistakes, and I can go, oh, I... I, I'm going to learn from that. Because if I learn that now, I don't have to make that mistake for me. And do you think learning from somebody's mistake will help you? Yes or yes? Yes or yes? I'm telling you, it will. And so can I tell you that $20 is so worth the investment in improving my spirituality? If You know, I've, I've got all kind of books. And one of the things that I wanted to develop in my spiritual life was my prayer life. Because I think we've preached about prayer, we, we, we've talked about prayer, and I think when it came down to it, none of us knew how to pray. And we weren't disciplined enough to pray, because we didn't know what to say when we prayed. And so I, I, have, I have a vast library of books on prayer and stuff, and I've tried to highlight and take these points and make them applicable, just to pray better in my life. And I think I am. I think at this point in my life, I pray better now than I've ever prayed in my life, and I was raised in church but because I've sought the wisdom part. You always invest, listen, in what you find valuable. Invest in yourself and invest in wisdom. Because if you think investing in yourself is expensive, you ought to try ignorance. Ignorance will cost you more money than wisdom will. That was free too. Number three. Number three. Here we go. Number three is real simple here. Develop the right relationships in your life. Life moves at the speed of relationships. You'll never get anywhere by yourself. If you've ever seen a turtle on a fence post, it did not get there by himself. It had help. You get it? Somebody picked it up and put it there. Every blessing in my life, every experience in my life never came into my life because I'm good. It always became, it came in my life because who I was connected with or who I knew, okay? That's one of the most important things that I believe teenagers need to learn is how to deal with relationships and how to deal with people in their life. Be thankful for the people in your life that love you. And, and a lot of times, we, we've been hurt by people that we thought loved us, and we loved them, and we were disappointed. And so our, our guard goes up, and we don't let anybody else try to get in because we've been hurt. Come on, am I talking to somebody today? You know, Pastor Josh, and you guys need to get in small groups. No, I, last church I was at, I was in a small group, and they were a bunch of idiots, and they hurt me. You know, right? Okay, so you're not going to be a part of a small group? No. You have to learn to let your guard down when it comes to relationships. Because the joys and yes, even the hurts and the sorrows and the pains, it's all a part of the relationship process. That's life. Alright? But I want to encourage you. God gives us people to love and things to use. Not things to love and people to use. Okay? People can be gifts to us. So I, wanna, I want you to In this, if you're going to make the rest of your life the best of your life, you're going to have to learn to focus on relationships. Learn to go ahead and express to those closest to you how much much you love them. Do you need to make a phone call today? Is there somebody that you need to forgive? Listen, somebody needs your forgiveness more than you need to be vindicated. Hello, somebody. And remember this about relationships. Relationships built on conditions will ultimately betray you. So how do you deal with that? You ready for this? Love unconditionally. True love puts no conditions on anybody. True love holds no records of wrong. Everybody, anybody ever read 1 Corinthians 13? Read it. That's how we are to love each other. That's how we are to love People. And some of us are good holding things against people. I want to encourage you. Someday, you or they are going to take their last breath. Don't live your... My pastor, Pastor Rose, always used to say, don't live your life in regret. Oh, there's times I want to... You know, somebody who hurt you. I want to punch them in the throat. How about that? That's my honest opinion. But he also, my pastor also used to teach, we don't do what we want to do, we do what we ought to do. And guess what we ought to do? Love. Guess what we ought to do? Forgive. Forget. I want to challenge you. I believe in your life, some of the most extraordinary things that can happen in your life will be with some of the greatest people in your life. What about toxic relationships, Rob? What am I supposed to do? Run. You don't have to keep toxic people in your life. If they if they're toxic and they keep making your life toxic and you just keep allowing it and allowing it, it comes to the point where it's your fault. Learn to separate yourself from contaminated influences. Hello. Be around the people that celebrate you. Don't be around people who tolerate you. This is how you're gonna make the rest of your life. The best of your life. Some of you are miserable because you're hanging around miserable people. Some of you are so negative when you walk into a room, the lights go out. It's because you are hanging with people that are so negative. I, I, I'm, I'm almost done. But this is the second service. So there's like a, an hour grace period, right? No. Develop re- right relationships. Number four. Oh, I love number four too. Number four is real simple. Get a vision for your life. Have you settled? Don't just settle. Get a vision for your life. Don't give me excuses. Your family deserves you to have a vision for your life. Your kids deserve you to have a vision for your life. When I look back on the things that I've experienced and the places that I've gone, it was never by accident. It was always because it was a part of my vision. I had a vision to experience things. I had a vision to go places. I had the vision to see things that I've never seen before. And I remember experiencing things going, Oh my God, this is so so cool. And I remember... Going back to one of my journals and seeing, I wrote that down. I wrote in 1992 five nations that I felt like God was going to take me to. And that it was going to open up the doors for me. And it was amazing because when I look back, I found the journal from 1992. I was in prayer one morning at our youth center and I wrote it down. This is these, and I look back now and every nation that I wrote down, I have been to. Numerous times. My wife and I were driving to Chicago on our honeymoon. And I said, Hey, you know, when we celebrate our 10-year anniversary, where do you want to go? We go do want to go do something? She's analytical thinker, pragmat you know, pragmatic. I mean, details, like I could like tomorrow just you wanna go do something? All right, let's go. You no, know, she has to plan it strategically, all right. Not me, man. I'm off the cuff. Pack a bag. Let's go. Right? And um, she's the kind of person, too, that when we're going on a trip, she starts packing two weeks prior. Some of you do that, too, right? Yeah. I pack the morning we're leaving. All right? That's just me. So she said, I don't want to talk about 10 years from now. What are we going to do tonight when we get to Chicago? I was like, I know what we're going to do tonight when we get to Chicago, but I want to talk about 10 years from now. And she said, I don't know. Here we go. She threw it out here. Paris. I want you to take me to Paris. And I want to, I I want to, and I said, I want to make out with you at the Eiffel Tower. How about that? See, I prophetically read your spirit. (laughs) 10 years passed. And I got an invitation to preach in in a couple churches in Paris and London. And when my wife, she never traveled overseas with me. But when she found out that I was going to Paris and London, she's like, uh, yeah, I'm going with you on that missions trip. And it dawned on us, my mom and and dad came and watched the kids, it dawned on us on July 1st, 1999, we got our picture taken under the Eiffel, with the Eiffel Tower in the background and I was, I mean, I was laying one on her, okay? And it dawned on us, we're here at our 10 year anniversary at the Eiffel Tower in Paris and I started crying. She goes, what's wrong? I said, we talked about this 10 years ago on our honeymoon. She goes, she didn't even remember. She didn't even remember. And I said, yeah, I wrote it down in my journal. We talked about it. You wanted to be in Paris on our 10 year anniversary and guess where we were at? Paris. Had lunch at a little quaint cafe that charged you an arm and a leg for a little meal about that big? What's a vision for your life? Where do you want to go? Get a vision so big or so grand, however you want it to be, that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says it like this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Don't let anybody tell you something you can't do. Just get a vision for it. C.S. Lewis said like this. If you're limited, you feel like you're limited with vision because of your age. And you're like, well. C.S. Lewis said you are never too old to set another goal or to dream another dream. This is not all there is for you in your life. There can be more. You can live the rest of your life and have the best of your life. Look what Ephesians 3.20 says in the message. God can do anything. You may feel trapped. You're stuck. And you feel like maybe at this point in your life with whatever you're dealing with, I just feel like I can't move forward. I can't get out. But this is what he says. God can do anything how many believe that god can do anything far more than you could ever imagine far more than you could ever envision or guess a request in your wildest dreams I bought my kids, all my kids, vision boards. I believe in vision boards. I believe uh, Haggai said, write the vision, make a plain, so the runners who see it will know what the vision is. And I said, Take the, what's your vision for your life? What do you want to do? My son Evan, when he was like 11, when I got it, or 10, when I got it for him, he had a picture of NBA basketball player LeBron James, and then he had a a fancy, cool-looking car, you know, hip car, you know, with the engine up. I said, what's that, son? He goes, I said, is that what you want to buy when you get older? He said, no, I'm I'm either going to be an NBA player or a mechanic. (laughs) Emily's got a big picture in the middle of hers that says, keep calm and cure diabetes. She's got a vision. We support the uh, JDRF, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Association, because we believe, we have, she has a vision that type 1 diabetes can be eradicated off the face of the planet, and it can go from type 1 to type none. And even those of us like myself who, who deal with type 2 can be eradicated. It's a vision. I told her, Em, don't you stop believing in that vision. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all what you ask or even think or vision or dream. It's going to happen. It can happen in your, it will happen in your lifetime. It may not happen in my lifetime, but it can happen in your lifetime if you've got a vision. You've got to have a vision. What's your vision for your life? What's the vision for the remainders of your life? Because one day, it's going to be done. It's going to be over. And I just want to challenge you today get a vision for your life that you will just makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Don't let somebody else's limiting beliefs be yours. Just envision it. What is that? Helen Keller said it like this and I'm closing. The only thing worse than being blind is the one who has sight but no vision. Jesus had such a visionary to turn the world upside down that he took 12 disciples and changed the world for centuries was because he had a vision, a vision. A vision will change the destiny of your family. Don't, so many of us get overwhelmed and we always think and concentrate and talk about what is wrong. How about we start celebrating what is right in our life? And how about we start focusing and thinking about what can go right instead of what could always go wrong. So I want to challenge you today. The most extraordinary life you can imagine and envision is available to you. The possibilities for the remainder of your days and years and months and weeks to come is infinite, is extraordinary. It is amazing. And I just want to challenge you today that you have and can make a decision today to make the rest of your life the best of your life. So realize, you may be thinking, oh no, life would be, you know, my family would be so much better without me. Life, my friends would be so, no, no, no. Life would not be the same without you. You you matter. Listen to me, you matter. Thoughts of suicide has ever entered your mind and heart. I've come to tell you today, you matter. Realize it's a gift from God. Pursue wisdom. What's a new book you can read? Go, go buy a new book today. Go listen to a new audio today. Do take the class. What's going to help you grow? What relationships can you rekindle? What relationships can you grow? Who can you forgive today? And then what's the vision for your life? Write it down. Put it in front of you. My vision board's in my, in my closet every day. I see it every day. Look over it every day. It's a vision. Has it happened yet? Not all, not all of it hasn't. But I want you today to leave here today and make those things applicable and relevant in your life. Amen? So how many of you received that today? How many of you today are going to make the rest of your life the best of your life? Come on, somebody. Okay, and those of you who didn't raise your hand, you're going to make the rest of your life the worst of your life? Let's try this again. How many of you here today are going to make the rest of your life the best of your life? Raise your hand and shout, yes! All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for Authentic Church. Thank you for what you're doing in the midst of these awesome people today. And I just pray for every heart and every mind and every individual here. You see what they're going through. You see what they're dealing with personally, God. You see the hardships and the disappointments and the defeats. But God, you're the God of a turnaround. And I believe that you can make things better. I believe right now, God, that the rest of our life is going to be the best of our life. And things will never again be the same. And I thank you, Jesus, and give you all praise. And everyone shout amen.